regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features of Sean. Hello and welcome to Regular Features, the podcast that is exactly the same every week. And this week, just like every week, it's me and my best friend Steve. Just us two sailing the seas of nice and cuddling up cozy. Hi. It's just two people on this podcast, as it's always been. That's all you need. Who needs a third person to fill in any awkward gaps? That's not what we're about. So, Steve, have you been? Good. Have you got anything to tell me? Um, I'm not putting you on the spot, am I? No, I'm I'm, I'm feeling... I feel... I, I'm like a broken record. I'm just feeling a bit run down. Oh, no. You should get some pep in your step. I, my, my step is pepless at the minute. There's no bounce to my flounce either. Have you got any kind of um, chemicals you can ingest to increase your vigor, vim, verve? You're talking about drugs. I'm saying, Steve, you should get off your tits on drugs. It really helps. <laughs> I'll try that. Now. I'd say do it now. I'm not doing a podcast with someone who's downbeat and morose. Let's do some features, shall we? Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm the monolith from 2001, A Space Odyssey. And I've got a bone to pick with you. Why aren't you listening to the Regular Features podcast? Before I start my feature, I want to make it very clear that people of religious faiths are not a monolith, and that customs and traditions vary around the world, and that reducing a group of people to a series of simplistic comparisons not only overlooks the depth and the richness of that group's spiritual and cultural backdrop grounds, but perpetuates the harmful idea that the sum of a person's held Mm. beliefs, heritage, community, and history has some tangible value that can be measured and weighed like fruit at a market stall. But we are not fruit. Very true. We are human. We are flawed. We are brilliant. We are beautiful. And we're ugly. We are unquantifiable. We are immeasurable and always changing. An athlete, a basket case, a princess, a criminal. Sincerely yours. The regular features. That's so nice. I can't wait for the unsensitive comment that that is built to diffuse. It's going to be horrible. And now it's time for Steve's regular feature, Jews versus Muslims. What's best? Yes! (laughs) Just as horrible as I imagined. (laughs) Fashion. Muslims. Little hats. Jews. Keen sense of direction. Muslims. Has its very own Richard Simmons. It's a tie. Richard Simmons converted to Catholicism age seven, so hands off. Has a giant black cube you can walk around. Muslims. Fun to say holy festivals. Hanukkah's great, Yom Kippur's even better, but sorry Jews, it's gotta be Ramadan every time. Might pick you up in a chair and dance around for a bit. Jews. Least depictable prophet. Muslims. Good at crosswords. It's a tie again. Jews and Muslims are both excellent puzzle solvers. Although Muslims are slightly better at Wordle, and nobody knows why. It's like ducks quacks. <laughs> no one knows why. Food. Muslims. Driving. Don't know. Having a low enough diversity of first names to enrage statistically illiterate racists every time the ONS publishes its annual list of most popular boys' names in England. Muslims. Clear winner. 
have been to space. It's another tie. There have been 16 Jewish astronauts and 16 Muslim astronauts. Interesting side note, before sending its first astronaut into space in 2007, Malaysia produced an 18-page guidebook detailing how spacefaring Muslims should continue to perform Islamic rites aboard the International Space Station, as attempting to face Mecca while traveling at speeds of over 17,000 miles per hour would require a praying astronaut to spin around and around and around. You'd be looking down, wouldn't you? That's right, Log. Invented blazing saddles. Jews. Invented algebra. Muslims. A great bunch of lads. It's a tie. Jews and Muslims are both brilliant. Can we have a swelling, rousing chorus of approval from me there? <laughs> no one can Good be lad. annoyed about that. <laughs> for that steve that has um put me right in a, a good mood <laughs> feeling all, all is right with the world after that feature mm. um and all is right in my world steve since the uh, last week when at that meal on a boat we went to mm-hmm. uh when we went to the place afterwards and uh you did me the honor of asking me if i would be a groomsman at your wedding that's coming up next year i did uh, although I, I was at pains to say I'm not putting labels on it, but y- you might have but some. You do groomsy, need to have words for things. Groomsy duties to uh, yeah <laughs> to, 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 to duties, <laughs> groomly duties to do. Yes, um, yeah. I that's that was the first thing that occurred to me. Like, oh God, have I got duties now? What am I going to do? And um, I think that was a very nice difference between myself. My response was like, "This is a great honor. Don't fuck it up, log." Also go home and, like, Google what groomsmen have to do. Joe, who seems to be a bit more au fait with this, having probably just had a wedding, he was immediately cool with it, like, yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. And Gav just started crying because out of happiness. (laughs) (laughs) It was very sweet. I I think it might just amount to you having to move a lot of chairs around really quickly. What? While people are standing up? Is it like musical chairs? (laughs) Yeah, well, you have to, at some point in the the evening during the reception, we have to um, clear the dance floor. But I want you to do it in a way that no one ever sees a table or chair moving, but also they're in the room. Can you give me a little upgrade that lets me see people's cones of vision? Because that seems essential for this job. I think we can pump the hall with a certain, with a special mist that highlights people's cones of vision <laughs> and causes just... retinal damage, like that mad Bitcoin festival where they had ultraviolet LEDs that blinded everyone. That's nice. I would like that, and I would also like if you get a sort of a, a just being in a sack full of photons that turn purple when observed. Like the special stuff in swimming pools. Yes. turns purple when you pee. (laughs) Yeah, did you know that piss is only yellow when you look at it? When you don't look at it, it's absolutely brown. It's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Thick, solid browns. (laughs) And people don't have uh, a gene that makes asparagus make your wee smell. You have a gene that lets you smell the smell. I was going to say, is that true? Uh, I'd, I'd need to have a room full of people pissing to check this out. 
And a lab coat. And, 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 <laughs> and a questionnaire with a pen. Everyone gets their own pen. That's how that's, I want my experiments to be well-funded. I, I, I know the duties. I, well, I don't know the duties of a groom, and I can assume some of them. I mean, I assume I have to turn around and scowl threateningly at the the gathered people when the celebrant says, does anyone know why they shouldn't get married? I have to turn around and go, ooh, no, ooh. <laughs> and then if anyone laughs at me doing that, like I'm making a cute joke, like someone always does at that point, I have to shout, I fucking mean it! And, t- and tell the celebrant to wind it up sharpish. <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting rowdy out here. <laughs> and then if anyone does stand up, I assume it's my duty to wade through the crowd towards that person, pushing everyone in my way out of my way, off their chairs, onto the floor, and put my right hand fully inside that person's mouth and stay like that until you're safely married. Or just say to any objection, you say, no, that was me. (laughs) So someone says, oh, Steve can't get married because uh, he married someone in 2002 and didn't tell anyone. And you just go, no, 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 that was me. That was me, yeah. What? And then they'll say, what, he married you in 2002? Like, no, oh, obviously, uh, obviously uh, not. Or would hardly be here if that was the case. Uh, I also assume it's um, one of my duties to absolutely forget that people can cry out of happiness. And then if Reese's mum starts crying, just tickle her and say, <laughs> is that a smile? To try and cheer her up. Or do your angry face again and say, what, I can't believe you're sad about this. Just can't you find it in your fucking barren heart to be happy for those boys? <laughs> and I also assume I have to hold it in if my ass is pointing towards, and with six inches of, the nose of anyone who is over 80 years old. Mm. So just, just not to, just not to blow their little fucking noses off. But I do have some doubts and i've had to look things up i've never been a groomsman at a gay wedding before i don't know am i aligned to you if will will reese have his own competing groomsman and will they be jacked and if if, if reese reaches out to me and says can you just do me a tiny little favor am i within my rights to tell him to step the fuck back and get, get off your groomsman's case i don't actually work for you reese yeah I, I, i've got a boss and you ain't my boss please go through steve my line manager. <laughs> Let me just run that past Steve first, actually, if you want that chair yeah. moved. Mm, yeah, Steve, Reese asked me to do this. <laughs> Give you a little thumbs up from across the room. And then turn back to Reese and go, well, I guess that's okay then, Reese. So, and also, I do have to guide people into their chairs, don't I? Uh, yeah, yeah. All of, the, all of this stuff is uh, in your wheelhouse. This is like the three of us, so we're going to be fighting for it. We're going to be fighting for it. I'm going to keep a mental tally of how many people I've guided to their chairs. Mm. And then just sidle up to Joe and go, 17, mate. How many have you done? <laughs> you've guided them all into the wrong chairs. Some of them you've guided back out of the hall. That is not entering my counting method. My scoring system does not account for that. I get people to a chair and I fucking sit them down in it. Um... Anyway, so um, I have looked up a few, a few of the duties um, on a, one of the several web pages that um, are on this matter. And um, the first one I found was help plan the stag do. And like, as we've said, we've, you mentioned on the day, it's two stag do's and you've got a lot of mutual friends. So it doesn't really make sense to split it out and claim friends like you're in a game of sort of like you're doing PE at school. And hungry, hungry really- hippos. 
Oh, God, so yes. I'm the hippos, and all my friends are little balls. And I guess Reese has got to be a hippo as well. Yeah, we're both hippos. We're both two hippos, because there's four hippos in yes, Hungry Hungry Yes, you've got a hand on two. You've got two hands, one for each hippo's tail, yeah. And I probably have as many friends as there are balls in Hungry Hungry Hippos, because I'm a pretty popular guy. They're a very specific kind of marble, so you can't just empty a bag of marbles onto a Hungry Hippo thing, because it might jam the little hippos' necks. Right, or damage I, I, their I, plastic jaws. It's, luckily, I haven't run with that metaphor, because I don't want to get too bogged down in the Hungry Hippos thing. Um, because you can't really expect everyone to go to two stag parties, um, I've, there's one solution I've thought of, which is two stag do's in the same area with strict coordinated movements. So everyone is precisely as drunk as each other, and I have arranged that we cross paths at specific points in the night, like the two groups of survivors in Shaun of the Dead, led by Tim and Daisy. Only instead of crossing by each other and nodding awkwardly, we form a circular arena with our bodies and try to prove that our stag do is the best, because which groom is having the best stag will dictate which one of you gets to be the top for the remainder of your marriage. <laughs> I mean, this could be with, like, physical challenges, like fun stuff like putting a stick, prit stick up your ass and seeing who can produce the longest, tackiest snail trail on the pavement. Uh, mental challenges, like a poetry slam battle with such sta- <laughs> with such savage stag disses as, why hasn't your stag got any antlers? Another sad victim of the stag dismantlers. <laughs> <laughs> and call yourself a stag, you're nothing but a muntjack. Ask your mum to queef, I want to hear her cunt quack. <laughs> And uh, I want to request in advance an all-stag WhatsApp chat group that we can post about how much fun we're having in our individual parties, with chats such as, Oh no, ordered the Guinness last. Barman gave us such a look. Another Sambuca? Don't mind if I do. Burp. Everyone is laughing so much I can barely type this. Adam stole a beer mat from the last pub. Beat that. (laughs) Barry did a dead big vomit in the payout slot of the fruit machine I was playing. Now I can't collect my eight pounds. I want this taking off my share of the Venmo. Sorry, I've gone home early. I couldn't hear myself thinking there. All just, all the kind of good, <laughs> solid stuff you have on a night out with your friends. In the end, I thought, well, Gav's also a groovement, so he can do that. And that is a weight off my mind. Mm. The next thing I thought is I have to attend any suit fittings, which is not something I'm particularly... Um, I've done much of in my life, and I'm quite scared I might do it wrong. So I've written a little script so we can sort of like role play it out, okay. maybe sort yeah. of work out what yeah. can we, how it might go. Just because I just need to be, I just, it's quite nerve wracking, and I don't want to mess your day up for you, Steve. Of course, so it's very considerate of you. I'll happily help you out with this. <laughs> Thank you. So here we are. I'm in the tailors, and you, you be the tailor in this one, and I'll do. It. Hello, could you? Slap some fabric on these, please. I need to. I need to look nice. Slap some fabric on what, sir? These. These weird bent peripherals sticking out of my hub. Your torso, sir. Yeah, probably torso. And you can cover that too while you're at it. It's fucking rank. Certainly, sir. Would you like tarpaulin or cobwebs? Well. Let's just pretend there's a third person just over there who is stupid and needs basic concepts explaining to him. Could you tell him what you just said again, please, but make it a bit stupider? Good evening. Uh, Does this Invisible Party have a name, sir? Oh, just call him Log or I'll get confused. Good evening, Log. Oh, hello. Oh, no, you mean him. Sorry, carry on. Cobwebs are the kindness of spiders, sir. 
And as tailors say, you can always rely on the kindness of spiders. And cobwebs. And cobwebs. Well, they're very in right now. You know the big foam tube at the end of the first episode and in the opening credits of the motorcycle crime show Street Hawk? The tube that Rex Smith stands inside in his underpants while it fills with foam, and the foam moulds around his body and measures him up for his motorcycle crime outfit. Yes, and you get an eyeful of the burly stuntman played by Rex Smith in the first episode for nearly 15 seconds. However, in the opening credits, this scene is abridged to just one second or 30 American television frames. I should imagine that having a wank to that in the 80s was like getting a bullseye from 20 feet. You don't know the half of it, and you didn't have TVs in your bedroom in those days, so you had to do it standing behind the sofa and hope your parents didn't turn around. Anyway, my point is, I've got the foam tube from Street Hawk in the back of my shop, only it's full of spiders now, so I thought if you stood in that, they'd probably make you a nice suit out of cobwebs. Hmm, sounds a bit spooky for my blood. What was the other one again? Ah, the tarpaulin. That is made from upcycled Freitag messenger bags and costs ten billion pounds. <laughs> what an excellent commentary on the prohibitively high price of boutique upcycled products. Sir doesn't think Freitag is a little niche as a reference? No more than wanking to topless men in 1980s crime shows named after a vehicle. <laughs> Very good, sir. Now cough while I measure your gooch. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That is that is pretty accurate to the the suit the suit suiting experience that I've experienced. Have you been on one already? Not not for the not for the wedding, no. Uh, but just in general at Moss Bros, sometimes they'll go on about cobwebs at you. Oh yeah, yeah, and all over you. Just drape a little test cobweb over your clavicle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've given myself a fucking headache doing that coffin, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've thought about that as well. I thought Joe's got a good sense of style, so he can he can take that off my plate. The second, third thing I looked up, I've got to fucking deal with accessorizing. And like, do you think you'll be the kind of groom who has accessories? I mean, what even is? Does it count as? I don't. Do you? What are you talking about? It said things like pocket squares. And like, the last time I wore a pocket oh, square yeah. with you was at a press event for a Cluedo board game. And if I remember correctly, we ended up crawling up and downstairs in a suit of armour at that That's, event. Yeah. Is that on the cards? I would I would like a suit of armour for my wedding. <laughs> now, That's write that down in your groomsman book, which you should have by now. Right, so I, I don't know what the fuck to do about accessories. So I went straight to YouTube and... Um, had a quick look at Gordon Ramsay's um, new show that he's got doing about wedding nightmares. Oh, that is Gordon Ramsay. And my restaurants are so good, Michelin came round and slapped a fucking star on him. But that's nothing. My wedding was so fucking mint, Pirelli came round with their spouseometer and awarded me a big Pirelli tick. The cake at my wedding was six foot tall. It was shaped like me and the missus. Goodyear were so impressed with my cake that they decided then and there to start giving out little kite marks for great cakes. And my wife's tits got a thumbs up from Dunlop, which tickled her pink. What I'm saying is, I know all the secrets for getting married good. And if you can clamp your flapper for a second, I'll spill the beans. But not literally spill the beans because that is my idea of a kitchen nightmare. 
Tonight, I'll be looking at wooden arse attachments you can get for your groomsmen so they can all bend over and you can play their bums with your xylophone beaters to start the first dance. I'll be checking out a castle with a moat full of marzipan that you're not allowed to eat and I'll be scaring the shit out of some 14-year-old lads by telling them lies about women. All this and one more thing on tonight's Gordon Ramsay's wedding night. No, sorry. All this one more thing on Gordon Ramsay's wedding nightmares. No, I'll do that again. Leave it. Give me a second. All this and one more thing on Gordon wedding nightmares. No, I'll try it. I'll do a different voice. Give me a second. All this, all this and one more. No, I can't do that. All this and one more thing on Gordon Ramsay's wedding nightmares. That's Mondassi and Sidemen. I'll try again. You've got all the bits now, haven't you? I've said all the words. You can just cut them up together and put it together in the post. All right, one more time. All this one more nightmares. No. Are you laughing? Are you laughing? Oh, you'll never work in fucking Shepperton again. I will wipe that smile off your face with a mouth flannel, young man. All this and one more thing on Gordon Ramsay's wedding nightmares. <laughs> Nailed it. There, fuck off. <laughs> In the end, I just thought Reese would have a good idea of accessorising, so I think I'll leave that to him. You're rapidly shedding groomsman juices. I love it. <laughs> It says I've got to, another duty I've got here is that I've got to stay in touch with the groom and offer to help. So, um, Steve, do you need any help? Not right now, thanks. That's that one checked off. And finally, it did say that although the best man speech is not something that's in my bag, did you know the best man is a particular subset of groomsmen? So, if there's a kind of Uncle Buck scenario where all the groomsmen get electrocuted whilst having their photo taken. <laughs> and I missed having my photo taken because I was having a slaf- a crafty slice of wedding cake from a place where no one had noticed. I could actually become the King of England like King Ralph did, but for your wedding. Okay, it, it's good to have that, yeah, in case a mysterious puddle emerges by the, the photo booth and all of the groomsmen just get, get fried. I'd hate to die like that with your hair in just exploded outwards. Yeah. Such an undignified way to go. Like Marv holding onto the, the electrified taps in Home Alone 2 when he briefly <laughs> turns into a skeleton, which is actually very scary. <laughs> but for those few frames, he is an actual skeleton. They're going for like a cartoon effect. I, I get that, but it's actually pretty haunting. So I've had to just write a little best man's speech in advance, and I just wanted to run it by you. Hello, I'm Log. Um, thanks for doing the best man, but um, I've got to go now, so I'm just going to invite my friend in who will do the best man speech. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Buck Porchucker, and it is with a heavy heart that I must convey to the gathering here assembled that I missed the lion's share of the ceremony as I became overwhelmed with a profound nausea at the spectacle of watching two men take it in turns to insert their hitherto unsolid digits into a metal hoop that I could only assume was the emblem of the human. I beg your pardon. (laughs) I cannot bring myself to say the word. Simply let it be known that where I come from, we believe that the orifice in question puts the hole into holy and should be considered impregnable 
which is short for I'm pregnant, unable. <laughs> it was only when my kindly ward patiently explained to me that these rings were not intended to embody the buttholes of two mechanical men that my gorge settled and I could turn my attention back to the salted rim of my dirty martini. Having got that troublesome misunderstanding off my chest, it now falls upon me to say a few words to those in attendance. As you know, my first language is the language of fisticuffs. But as I noted, when I was trading blows in the car park with the father of one of the many grooms here today, there is a time for fisting, by which I do mean and have always meant punching, and there is a time for love. So I'd just like to give you these young, unopened flowers that you may nurture to their full bloom, and some banknotes of your realm to help you provide for each other. With care and attention, I hope to see you boys really open up your rosebuds with a big bunch of fives. <laughs> Thank you, good night. Why are you all laughing? Why are you What is so fucking funny? <laughs> And the last thing was get a good wedding gift. So I was just thinking of John Lewis voucher, yeah? I feel I feel so good about having asked you to be a groomsman now because you're clearly, you're putting the legwork in. You're putting the research in. I am. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't I even know been, what a groomsman does and I've been one. I have been a best man at a wedding before and I was absolutely clueless. I did not, the internet wasn't really such a big thing. So I didn't fucking google it there wasn't there wasn't it was pre-google i didn't know how to find out what i had to do and i failed in nearly every one of my duties to the point where i was actually at the wedding without a pair of shoes that fit me <laughs> so i had to go around in my fucking socks the only thing i got right was the best man's speech because that's what i thought it was all about that is the main bit i think that's the most important bit yeah but i didn't do anything i didn't know what i was supposed to do <laughs> just I think people said to me, that was a good speech. And the implicit thing in that was, what the fuck else were you doing today? That was, that was a good speech for a man with no shoes. <laughs> you like a regular feature, sir. You like a regular feature, too. Regular, regular feature, too. Malfunction. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. If you like the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out by donating an amount of your choosing. But not of your choosing, please. Two pounds is what we'd like. And to sweeten that little honeypot of a deal, we'll, we'll, we will, we will, we will, we will, we will destroy your human name and replace it with... A B name. Log, could you please give out the B names? I'll do a couple as well, don't worry. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure for one man. Four B names can't fit in one mouth. A B name, please, for Lars Ingvar Anderson. Lars and in charge of the beehive. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, can you give me a B name for Kate? I was thinking of those. Could be something in the wedding thing because there's an aisle during a wedding an aisle b a well aisle b well is a thing that we have in regular features is a recurring theme well i'll be well i'll be a monkey's uncle <laughs> no 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 i'll the, be back that's not i'll be i'll be's got back i'll be that's there for you i'll be there for you but i'll is spelled a-i-s-l-e and it's yeah. I'll be colon there for you. And it's a, oh, accompanied yeah. by a picture of a bee in the aisle 
with all six of its legs pointing out towards you. I'll be there for you when you need us most. Yes, that's lovely. A bee name, please, for David. Preston Trombley's Bee Clinic. (laughs) Preston Trombley. (laughs) Preston Trombley's Bee Clinic. How do you spell Preston Trombley? It's it's genuinely as it sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Great, I'm not even going to ask. Steve, can you give me a bee name, please, for Thomas Freed? Proboscis Bill. (laughs) That is one of the Wild West's least feared cowboys. (laughs) Just... Just dipping his nose in his soup. Yeah, his little his little whiskey shots at the bar in the saloon. <laughs> <He's> just <laughs> dipping his big proboscis into it. Hold on. Do bees have a proboscis? I don't think they do, but that's fine. The honeybee uses its proboscis, or long hairy tongue. <laughs> oh, no, no wonder they call it proboscis. Long hairy tongue's horrible. <laughs> to feed on liquids. And it uses it uses its mandibles to eat pollen. I would not have thought they have mandibles either. Didn't we tell Joe off for assuming that, thinking that bees had mandibles, and it turns out he was correct. We have to tell him not to listen to this episode. He will be unbearable. <laughs> well, if you'd like your own bee name, patreon.com forward slash regular features, you'd also get access to the Discord channel. It's called the Beehive. And that's where we hang out. I tell you what, the beehive is going to be alive with people talking about mandibles and proboses <laughs> this week because it's, it's all new. It's all new to me, and I can't wait to ask AI to draw it. I swear, bees did not have proboscos and mandibli until <laughs> they, they must have brought that in recently. Well, they do have very short life cycles and can therefore evolve more quickly. So I think it's probably in the last few months that that happened. Yeah. I think so too. I got I got a proboscis. It's vestigial. <laughs> and you're not allowed to look at it. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast. Good light. And sail well. Regular features. Regular features. Regular features.